Warning, this episode contains foul language, spoilers for Terminator, iRobot, and Black Mirror, and will make you question what it means to have a soul. are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down with a friend, expert, or coworker, and we talk about something weird. weird. This week, we're chatting about AI, artificial intelligence, the history, the future, the darkness, the literature, the movies, the possibilities, and on and on. So cuddle up next to your favorite robot and get ready to freak the frick out. My name is Lauren, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. And also jumping in this week is a fellow weirdo that happens to be related to me, the hilarious, intelligent, beautiful lady that is my cousin, Rachel. Hi, weirdos. Yay. Yay. (laughs) We should have done another family episode. What were we thinking? Actually, no, this is a wonderful episode, and I'm super excited. I am excited for artificial (laughs) intelligence. Ashley's sister and And her husband came on. We did like family murderers and crazy things. The thing is, is like we thought, oh, let's do a family episode where like people discover like crazy stuff about their family and it ended up just being like a pedophilia episode. It did. (laughs) Like every single story was about like pedophiles and we were like, this is kind of like not fun. Right. (laughs) I feel sad and sick. I feel sad and sick inside. (laughs) Rachel, what do you do? I currently work at Warner Brothers. Very cool. Woo. Yeah, I work in the department of physical production. Whenever I say that, people go, huh? Huh? Excuse Basically, me? Basically, in other words, it's production management. So it's like I work for an executive of, of physical production, and he supervises like the production of all kinds of movies. Like everything. Yeah, he's been there for like 23 years, so he's like he gets all the good movies, like the Christopher Nolan movies and like, oh, the superhero awesome. movies. So, yeah. And you so help I, make scheduling and stuff for them, yeah. right? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. I've never had a job like it before. But I did go to film school, so it does make sense that now that I'm you at work Warner in film yeah. Yeah. in some capacity. Yeah. Um do you are there any ghosts there? <laughs> I here's the thing. I leave promptly at six PM. Oh no, sun's um, still out. So There's no I, ghosts in the sun. I personally have never seen a ghost there, but I wouldn't be shocked if there was. Yeah, you should ask everyone you work with and then yeah. hope you, you don't know, get fired. I actually have right. been on the lot at night and there is like this eerie feeling about it. We were told that by uh-huh. who else was on? Someone else Blair. was on. Oh yeah, it was Blair came uh-huh. on and she worked at Warner Brothers too and said like at night it's creepy and yeah, she's heard some yeah, things. Everyone's kind of gone. Strange. Like people leave promptly at like six or seven. So if you're there at night for some reason, not sure what you're doing there. <laughs> Exploring. Um, yeah, it's weird. I think that that's just one of those things like it's kind of like 
what we talked about with George, how it's like if you go to like a school at night, how it's like inherently weird and creepy. Oh, yeah. Because it's like there should be people here and sunshine (laughs) and there's neither thing. It feels so wrong. So it feels strange. And you actually chose the topic for this week. Why did you choose artificial intelligence? Kind of. Well, I specifically chose like a segment of the episode, which was like, um, what's called brain emulation in other terms, digitizing consciousness. Yes, it's crazy. And I to learn about it. I literally get, give all of the credit to me wanting to talk about this today to the show Black Mirror because yep. I yeah. had never, ever even heard of it, knew it was a thing until I started watching some episodes of that show. And they that show deals with this topic like in many episodes, which I'm going to talk about a little later, all the Good. episodes all the episodes that touch oh, on it. I love that show. And in some of the episodes, I realized like, Oh my God, that's like kind of my biggest fear yeah. to have my consciousness digitized. Like some people mm-hmm. think of it as like the greatest victory that we could ever have because right. it makes you immortal in a sense. I think it's terrifying. It is so terrifying. So I wanted to explore it and like where we're at with it and like uh, just wanted to learn more about it and like talk to you guys about 100%. it. That's so, yeah. that's such a good answer because if you had asked me, because I've wanted to talk about AI on the show too, like it's, it's not a like a weird thing to be like, time. why do you want to talk about robots? Like, <laughs> duh, everyone wants to talk about robots. <laughs> but if you had asked me, I would have been like, because robots. I know. Because Terminator. Because <laughs> name any of them. <laughs> Why do I want to talk about it? Robots so you are cool and they're answer. smart. That would Robots, have been my answer. Bleep, bleep, and you had basically an essay. It was like the perfect answer. <laughs> so <laughs> you're the best guest ever and you win. <laughs> the, the, the perfect date for me would be <laughs> April 25th. 25th. It's not too it's hot. hot. It's, it's not, not too cold. cold. Just have to wear a light jacket. <laughs> Fun fact, my boss was the production executive on that movie. Oh, oh see, we, we, always, we like to make connections on yeah. this show. That's Human connections. Right. Yep. Julia Myers has the Joke birthday of April 25th. I was going to bring that oh, really? up. So and for a boom, second, boom, I was boom. like, oh, God, what if it's the 24th and I embarrass myself? No. Yeah, we could just the first out, time right? we ever watched, yeah, we'll edit that out. Snip, snip. The first time we ever watched Miss Congeniality, she like flew off the couch and was like, what? It was just so They funny. mentioned my day. My special day. There's nothing special about my birthday. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon <laughs> shares it. Oh. Also, I was born great. or whatever. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's like you came hey, to the earth. That's dumb. We're pumped about it. Artificial intelligence, boy oh boy. Yeah, let's jump in. Let's guys. Just, just let's just do it. Give let's it our best shot, it. you know. So I'm I'm gonna start us off because I'm doing kind of like I'm doing kind of the beginnings and the old school AI. These guys are going into the now and the future, but I wanted to focus today on cyborgs actually. And that was going to be like the only thing I talked about, but then I stumbled upon, you know, so much more, so much more androids, but like the difference between like a bionic organism and like an android and cyborg. So I'm just kind of going to go over all of that. So I'll go from like how I started researching because my notes are kind of a little bit all over the place, but I'll try and make a connection to be like, and this is why. I go here next. Okay. I feel like all of us are all over the place because this topic is just it's, crazy. It's so and you're vast. like, oh, wait, I want to go to this. Yeah. But and then I'm it's connected trying to this. To, yeah. I'm trying to like, you know, zoom in on certain things, but there's so much that yeah. you could talk about with artificial intelligence. But I started with looking up what a cyborg is. And a cyborg is a being with both organic and biomechatronic body parts. So... The term was actually coined in 1960 by Manfred Kleins and Nathan S. Klein. What? 
two different spellings. <laughs> Kleins and Klein. <laughs> How does that happen? <laughs> Who are both studiers of human physiology and neurophysiology as well okay. as psychology. Smarties. And from there, I kind of started thinking like, okay, so what's the difference between cyborgs and androids? Because that's another popular sure. Robo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, cyborgs are not the same as bionic or androids. They're all different. A cyborg is an organism that has restored function or enhanced abilities due to the integration of some artificial component of technology. Okay. Now, when you're referring to something bionic, I like, I don't know why I never knew this, but bionic just means the application of biological methods and systems found in nature to the study and design of engineering systems and modern technology. So bio mm -hmm. is like natural nature. Right. And then bionic is like nature applied to science. Okay. So some examples, they're not yeah, necessarily like, <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily a robot, but what it is is like, for example, sonar, radar, and ultrasounds are all bionic because they imitate echolocation oh yeah they imitate like how bats are able to see things like that's where we got sonar and radar is we looked at how animals communicate that makes so much sense. reflectors like we use on bicycles and shoes and construction vests that was all taken from studying cats eyes mm -hmm. so being able to like use a very very little amount of light but get like a big reflection right ah another really big one that i didn't know about was velcro Velcro is a big one. So in 1948, a Swiss engineer was cleaning his dog of burrs, the little burrs that get yeah. stuck in their fur. And uh, he realized how the hooks of the burrs clung to the dog's fur and... That invented is Velcro. Genius. I wish I thought of things the right. way those scientists do. I just pick a burr and be like, get off of that get fur. You <laughs> get off of that fur, you silly burr. What like, am I supposed to do with you now? The fact that some people's brains can work that way and that you I can know. be like, whoa, what I bet I we could put this that... on a shoe. Why <laughs> <laughs> think of little shoe. Velcro shoes for toddlers? Yes, or but adults yes. like me because I have Velcro shoes. Oh, are you guys grossed out by the sound of Velcro? Because it's I like a love thing. The sound. I also enjoy I'm it. Satisfied I think, by it. Thinks of, it makes me Some, think of my childhood, maybe. Yeah, but I, I think it's like satisfying. It. Mm -hmm. Some people it like Some annoys people the crap are weird out about stuff like that. Oh, I don't mean that in like a bad way. Like you're weird, but right. I just mean like certain sounds. Like for example, I don't really. It doesn't really bother me when people smack their food, yeah. unless it's like an egregious like. Yeah, yeah. To the point where it's like, hey, can you maybe? Be an adult and That'll stop That'll literally like make that. me cringe. I'm one of those food people. If someone's <laughs> chewing too loud, it'll annoy me like right off the bat. Like really? Alex, <laughs> my dear husband, is quite offensive with the way he eats and I have to yell at him a lot. Alex. And it's not fair because, I mean, his mouth is closed. Oh, He's not is? like a mouth breather opening his mouth. He just happens to chew really loud with his mouth shut. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to stop what's but. worse like crunchy foods or like Ooh. sloshy wet sloshy foods. wet like, oh. like i would rather him eat cereal or granola and i just be like okay but then what's like <laughs> that's when i'm like shut your damn the next mouth. time alex comes over i'm just gonna serve him like noodles. pineapple noodles <laughs> pudding chili a juicy steak a juicy <laughs> just like <laughs> No crunch to oh, anything. I'm running, running for the hills. Another one, obviously, airplanes. We all are familiar with all of ah, Leonardo yes. da Vinci's flying machines were modeled after flying birds and bugs that he observed in nature. So basically, it's just taking those things and then creating applications scientifically and like 
enhancing like the things right. we use in our life. Which makes so much sense. Yeah. Now, androids are humanoid robots. They're synthetic organisms. They are not natural. They're not right. born. They're made. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're designed to look and act, a lot of them are designed to look and act human, especially one with a body having a flesh-like resemblance. But it doesn't also, it also doesn't have to have a body. Like, for example, Siri is an android. Right. Because she has a, a human-like voice. Yeah. She's emulating a human. A human. But right? she's a robot. And like answering questions. Exactly. Historically, androids have been Within the domain of science fiction, mostly, whether that's literature, television, film, only recently have advancements in robot technology allowed the design and functionality of like realistic androids and not at all to the level where they would confuse any of us. Right. Like we'd never meet one and be like, hmm. No. Is not that at all. human? Um, so <laughs> Very far, clearly an yeah, android. We haven't been able to produce an android that can A, physically fool a person or B, pass the Turing test. Now, we talked very briefly on the Turing test. Yeah, which episode um, was that? Wasn't th- Didn't we talk about that once before? We might have talked about it before on the I, show. It sounds familiar, but anyway. Possibly. I know we talked a lot about uh, testing when we talked about superhumans. Yes. We talked about people that can like read each other's minds and like move stuff with their minds. That may be what I'm thinking of. Okay, go ahead. But the Turing test is um it's a very simple way to test if a computer contains true intelligence or not. Uh, but even if they pass the Turing test, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually conscious beings. So Alan Turing is his name, T U R I N G, came up with the test. He was a British Listen to this. He was a British pioneering computer scientist, mathematician, logician, cryptanalysis, philosopher, mathematical biologist. What? Ha! Huh. Benedict Cumberbatch por- portrayed him in the imitation game. That's yes. Okay. Okay. Oh. Everything's connecting now. Yeah, I was so like, why have the, I heard all of this? <laughs> the imitation. Okay. He basically he basically helped us end World yes. War Two. Yep. So, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Imitation Game. But I like, haven't, but that's Spoiler on alert for it came history. Out for history, <laughs> yeah. yeah if you don't know history, like, you're going to be real disappointed with this episode. How did he have time to, like, be an expert in all of those fields? Right? You just have to be, I mean, he has to be, like, a savant, right? Like, he has to yeah. be just yeah. a genius. Yeah. Super genius. So, he came up with this test um, to test whether or not you're dealing with an actual artificial intelligence and basically super simple you put a computer and a human on one side and a human tester on the other side like say like sitting across from a desk or something yeah but you can't see each other so it's basically like mostly audio Mm -hmm. but if the tester the human tester can't recognize which candidate is human and which candidate is a computer after a series of questions the computer successfully passes the touring uh, test which how creepy and you can if ask you, it whatever robot yeah wins. you can ask it whatever anything um of course the tester is not allowed to see the contestants so he or she can't make the decision based on physical appearance as of now in the future it might be different right in the future, it might be like, no, we're putting both of them in the room. You're going to look right into their eyes. and You're going to tell me which one's a human and which Ooh, one's not. That's which when is I like, want to leave the earth. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I'm Whoa. done. There was actually speculation recently that Google's new artificial intelligence just beat the test. Uh, they basically had an 
AI assistant book a reservation at several places. Yes. And Google played calls to a number of businesses, including hair salons, Chinese restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. At no point did either of the people, like any of the people on the other end of the call, suspect that they were dealing with a robot and not another I brought person. the audio from that. I knew did someone really? would probably talk about it, but I brought two of the audio See, clips I if we want to play it. them. Yeah, Do you want to hear Yes, please. I brought it because I was like, this is insane. How can I help you? Hi, I'm calling to book a women's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye. I hate her. (laughs) That was... A what? freaking computer. That's super weird. You know how she really sold it with the um? Yeah. That was very humanistic. They purposely brought in like they programmed it with ums and ahs to you know, be a heck? person. To be a little bit more like a person. Well, the thing is, is it did not pass the Turing test because it's not the Turing test. They didn't compare it to another person. Right. Which maybe if they had. Which maybe knows? if they had. And also Google did admit that if they if the person that they were talking to veered too far off topic this intelligence wouldn't be able to formulate an answer. Yeah. Like there, the AI was specifically meant to book a reservation Mm -hmm. for a haircut or for a dinner for four at whatever time. But if like the person on the phone was like, is this (laughs) Janine? Janine, I haven't seen you in years. The robot or the AI would have been like, do not compute. Yeah. Like, she would not I, have been able I, to I need like, haircut. Oh, haircut, oh. please. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. That is a reference to the movie Total Recall. Love Total Recall. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it did not actually pass the Turing test, but it's still crazy. That is I would, yeah. if I were the person at the hair salon, I would have thought that was a human hands down. I wouldn't yeah. have questioned it for a second. No. That's Especially crazy. Especially if you don't know, like, if, okay, you're not maybe, about it. maybe if you had told me at the beginning of the day, like, all right, you're going to get eight calls today. One of them is going to be a robot. That would be the Turing <laughs> test, actually. I'm honestly not sure that I would have distinguished that that was I the robot. I don't know either. She it had enough, like, vocal fry. Real. She was yeah, kind of like, totally. ah, a woman's haircut. It was like Valley Girl she vocal She had like front. a personality. Yeah. yeah. And you have to realize, listeners, like that test was not like someone typing in the words for this like robot to say. Mm-mm. That was actually like the that response. AI was responding to the person. With who was, its own intelligence. Yeah. Uh, oh, they're taking <laughs> over the world. <laughs> have you guys ever called like some company or whatever for customer service and you're not totally sure if you're talking to a human or a... Oh, yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. I can't even tell you what specific company I'm talking about, but that's happened to me more than once in my adult life where I'm like, I think they have like extra long pauses after you say what you need. And I'm like, are you 
just being like polite and waiting for me to finish? <laughs> or are you, or are you a robot <laughs> computing your response? That's happened so many times. And like, I'm still not sure to this day. If really I not. actually agree. That has happened. Yeah, no, it has happened. And, and now the like spam callers mm-hmm. are mostly Scam likely like yeah are mostly robots yeah. now they're not like actual people oh, mm-hmm. God. but they sound like they'll be like hello is that hello <laughs> <laughs> hi i'm john and i'm like this is a fucking robot <laughs> like, enough that like, you question so it for I'm a like, second like hi wait. hello what hi huh mm-hmm. it's a recording can't fool me anyways Google did not pass the Turing test is what I was getting to. Yes. With that Sorry. conversation. Went way off. <laughs> no, but I'm so, I'm so glad. glad. I didn't even look um, for the actual audio. I just saw the tiny article oh, yeah. about the Turing test. That's so cool. The restaurant reservation is actually crazier, but we can either listen to it later or like off the air. But it's because the woman doesn't speak very good English on the other end. And it's fascinating. Do really? You Play to it? it. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I want to hear this. I nightmare. think this is the one anyway. <laughs> See how may I hear you? Hi, um, I'd like to reserve a table for Wednesday the 7th. For seven people? Um, it's for four people. Four people? When? Um, Day? Next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Oh, actually, we leave here for like opera, like five people. For four people, you can come. How long is the wait usually to uh, be seated? For when tomorrow or weekday or for next Wednesday, uh, the seventh. Oh no, it's not too busy. You you, you can come for four people, okay? Oh, I gotcha. Thanks. Yeah. Bye bye. Okay. Oh, I so gotcha. He <laughs> don't you say gotcha. <laughs> That's the thing is like he sounds so human saying things like, oh, I gotcha. There were a couple moments in that where he sounded a little more robotic, but yeah. that woman did not speak very good English. They had a couple of misunderstandings and yeah. he still was able to be like, oh, yeah. no, I meant next Wednesday. Yeah. How long is your wait if we just show up? Like The what? only times he sounded robotic <laughs> when it was like, no, next Wednesday at seven. And it yeah. was like he didn't finish the word right. Wednesday before he went into at seven. Yeah, it Anyways. kind of went together. But, but it's still, still insane. That's the one that I really felt crazy listening to just because she was a little harder to understand. Yeah. And he still was like, nope. Now, this it. is something that Google is actually developing for people. Like you can yeah. pay for this service, this be AI assistant. assistant service. So you could literally just be like, you know, say it's Siri. Just be like, Siri, book an appointment at this hair salon for 9 a.m. Yeah. And then they call and they book the appointment like <sighs> it was your assistant. Only, I bet you don't have to pay him as much. Right. Totally. Definitely not. <laughs> it's actually kind of a really cool system. It is. If I had more money, yes. I might invest in that when it's ready. If I were super rich. So that would be an Android. Because mm-hmm. it's not technically intelligent it, it doesn't have a consciousness yes it's not like questioning its own existence right it's just a a, a very smart computer mm-hmm. that's an android. very smart uh androids are a huge staple of sci-fi which mm-hmm. everyone knows so do you guys know who isaac asimov is i've heard the name uh, he was a writer he wrote bicentennial man oh okay. i robot oh yeah yes so um <laughs> heard of those back in the day <laughs> yes so he he basically pioneered the fictionalization of the science of artificial intelligence in the series i robot 
which was written in the 1950s, which not to be confused with the Will Smith movie, iRobot, which, right. yes, did come from that world, mm-hmm. but it's not it's different. the like trilogy of books. Right. Isaac Asimov also developed the three laws of robotics, which are actually, you know, it was a fictional thing, but it's actually used in today's like advancement of artificial intelligence, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, we're pulling it straight from fiction, essentially. Wow. And almost like, not almost, but a lot of sci-fi movies since then, sci-fi movies and literature use these laws as well. So the three laws of robotics are, one, a robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Two, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. So you wouldn't be able to say, like, robot killed so-and-so. Okay. Mm -hmm. And number three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second laws. Okay. So these three laws have pervaded science fiction, and they're referred to in many books, films, and other media, and have actually impacted thought on ethics of artificial intelligence as well. Which includes robot rights and the concern with the moral behavior of humans as they design, construct, use, and treat artificially intelligent beings. Mm. Because also, you know, the the eventual crisis of should they have rights, are they free, are they slaves, is, you know, if they do have consciousness, it is destroying them murder. Like, if I were to kill something that is artificially intelligent, truly artificially intelligent, could Mm -hmm. I be charged with murder? That's interesting. You would think no. You would think no. And then also, you know, if we if we create these artificially intelligent beings that actually hold consciousness and then basically enslave them, Mm -hmm. what rights do they have? Wow. It's a whole. Wow. Yeah. It can get pretty sticky when you're dealing with something that's like kind of a living thing right totally. which the, it eventually will be oh my gosh so when it comes to wild. Know, the future is, <laughs> the wild. future's here the future's real scary <laughs> <laughs> future is now i did want to spend a little time talking about the entertainment which i'm so glad that you brought up that you're going to talk about specific like black mirror episodes because yeah. that's what i wanted to do with like my portion of like, okay, so this is what a cyborg is in science fiction. This is what yeah. an android is in science fiction movies. So you could actually picture it. Because sure. I know this episode has a lot of like crazy concepts, mm-hmm. big ass words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're getting real science <laughs> We're getting science. So science, like this Joel. will be a good way for us to be like, here's some examples. So yeah. something interesting I found, the Terminator... Technically, by definition, the Terminator is not a cybernetic organism. What? Despite being referred to as one several times throughout the series, it is not a cybernetic organism until Terminator Salvation. Spoiler alert. But a cyborg is born human and turned cybernetic. Mm. An android was not born human and is not living a truly like real life. Yeah, and is a robot built to resemble and act as if they were a living species. So Terminators, where they do have, like, skin, real skin, real hair, you know, covering, they're still a robot. Yeah. So Terminators are actually androids. They're they not were never cybernetic born organisms. Human. Like, no, they were created. Until, like I said, um, 
Terminator Salvation, Sam Worthington's character is technically a cyborg because he has a human heart. Mm. He was and is uh, human, but he's got the robotic endoskeleton. So basically gotcha. my entire life has been a lie. Yep. Everything I've ever known. <laughs> my favorite movie is wrong about everything. <laughs> yeah, because so- he says it several times. He's like, I'm a cybernetic organism. And it's like, <laughs> nope, he's a fucking android. It's also the best impression it's wrong. Um, So Good. like, technically... If you had like some kind of plates put in your body after surgery, are you a cyborg or no? Yep. You are. If you have a pacemaker, you're yeah. technically a cyborg. Cool. Ooh. I mean, I just, but nuts. It is nuts. Yeah. I'm actually going to talk about some real life cyborgs. I'm going to blow your mind. Please. I'm excited. More movies that feature cyborgs, like true cyborgs, not like bullshit Terminator cyborgs who aren't cyborgs. Yeah, what the hell? iRobot. <laughs> Which, this is kind of a spoiler. If you haven't seen iRobot, Will Smith has that robotic arm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah. But if I remember correctly, isn't that like kind of a huge deal? Because isn't he like, he like hates robots. And then you and find, then you out, find like it out halfway through the movie that he has right. a robot arm. So he's a cyborg. Um, the new movie that I am so excited about, Upgrade. Mm-hmm. He's a cyborg. Cause he's a human who's like enhanced Tony Stark. Yes. That's a cyborg, technically, That's I guess. That's true. Because he was battery. human. Oh, yeah. And then now, but then has a little... Enhancement. Technological yeah. enhancement. That's true. Uh, Androids. Terminator, thing. obviously. We discussed yes. that. Uh, this one's great. If you want to see a movie that deals with androids, artificial intelligence, and technically the Turing test, uh, Ex Machina. Oh, that movie is incredible. It's so, so good. It's That's so good. That's the Turing test. Like the whole movie is the is Turing, the Turing test. test. That's They're actually not comparing a good point. it with another artificial intelligence necessarily. I don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen it because it's so good. But see it, it's essentially, you know, the whole movie is trying to have a human uh, interacting with artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and to see if he could, you know, identify her as if a he robot. identifies her as a robot or a human. Right. Right. And yep, that's so kind of the future of what the Turing test would be. It would not be like, which one's the robot? It would be like, they're so advanced. Can it trick you into thinking right. that it's a human? Do you think you're meeting a human? Yeah. Okay. So my favorite real life cyborgs. Oh my God. Okay. I can't wait. So like I said, pacemakers, you're a cyborg. Uh, Tony Stark, you're a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> What is Whatever. happening with his heart? It's not even a heart anymore, right? I'm now forgetting like what is an Iron Man's No, he chest. has a heart. It's like a but battery. But something's like holding on to it. It's like a battery it. that's, yeah. that that's lights like, up. That lights up. It's like a light. It's, it's just like a, a little light. night light. <laughs> it's so like a, he has that in his body even when he's not wearing the suit. Yeah. Yes. Um, he always has it. It's been it. a while since I saw Iron Man 1. Well, Never saw any sequels. Because I see like all the Avengers movies and he's in there, but I'm trying to remember his origins because I haven't seen the <laughs> yeah. first one in so yeah. long. Yeah. Like, what so is, long I'm ago. like, what is his one, heart? Like, the, the first <laughs> three center around that a lot because then in the other movies, like the it's starting to like poison his blood right having that, that in there like and that's the thing with cyborgs too is that your body can reject mm-hmm. um the whatever you put in it to yeah. enhance yourself pacemakers can get rejected right i mean even new organs can get rejected and it's uh-huh. like it's a mess anyway so real life cyborgs my absolute favorite real life cyborg his name is neil harbison and i th- maybe 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 have brought him up before on the show either in a this week and weird or during our superhumans episode or maybe just like on a whim because i love him so much Mm -hmm. so neil harbison was born 
with an extreme form of color blindness that results in seeing only grayscale. So okay. a lot of people, when you say colorblind, people do think like black and white, but it's not really black and white. It's more like, oh, I can't see certain shades of green or like green is brownish. Right. Instead of like natural, like yeah, green. That's yeah. the norm. He grew up in Barcelona where he began composing music at age 11. Jeez. At age 16, he was studying fine art at a fancy art school. And eventually, by 19, he moved to England and studied music composition. So he's a savant, basically. Yeah, he's seriously. like a genius savant. Super genius. Um, also, this is fun. This is just a little tidbit I like. As a teenager, he lived in a tree for several days <laughs> to save three trees from being cut down. Aww, uh, and it worked. The city hall ended up announcing the trees wouldn't be cut down. It was like a protest. <sighs> Thanks, he like, lived man. in a tree. Anyways. So he actually has an implant in his brain that he helped develop for himself. Whoa. It was the world's first antenna implant in the brain. His antenna sends audible vibrations into his skull to report information to him. And essentially what he does is he can hear color. What? I can't. So... As he's looking around, it's like music being played. He can hear color. And actually, his color spectrum is so much more broad than the rest of us humans because there are colors that exist that our eyes can't see. Or yeah. that, are, yeah, that our eyes can't see that, uh, like infrared. Right. But he can because he of can what hear he's it hearing. because of what he's hearing, what? the signals that are going into his brain. So. He can probably see about three times the amount of color that we can. I oh my god! Don't and understand <laughs> the initial purpose of this implant was simply to be able to see color. However, uh, it had even more effects than he anticipated. The implant also sends measurements of electromagnetic radiation, phone calls, music, uh, as well as videos and images, which are translated into audible vibrations in his brain. Uh, his antenna is now Wi-Fi enabled, oh my which is gosh. hilarious and awesome. So it allows him to receive signals and data from satellites as well. So he can wow. essentially like hook up to Facebook in his brain. Oh and gosh. it's like a little implant in the back of his brain. It's uh -huh. in his brain. And it's like a, a thing that like comes over like a camera. He calls it an iBorg, like mm -hmm. cyborg, but iBorg. Clever. And it's like Adorable. a part of his body. That like is a camera and it sends vibrations to his skull in the form of music. Wow. So it's actually really cool. He still sees, physically sees grayscale, but he hears things in vivid color. So essentially his eyes detect the light's hue and the implant in his brain converts it into a frequency he can hear as a note of music. And he's quoted as saying that he loves listening to Andy Warhol. Mm -hmm. Because his paintings produce very clear notes. Mm. If you think about it, they're yeah. very like bold color here, bold color here, bold color here. Yeah, sure. Um, he does not like looking at a Da Vinci because his uh, he like the sounds, the music mm -hmm. turns into like very closely related tones, and it sounds like the soundtrack to a horror movie. Oh wow! When he looks at a Da Vinci so painting, because the colors are all so dark and similar, dark like, and similar to each other, that yeah. it almost sounds It'll like, be like brown boom, boom, and like burnt boom, boom, orange. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, <laughs> like are the popular yeah colors. exactly. But now he also links what he hears, like real life hears, to certain colors. So, for example, a telephone ringing sounds green. Oh, my gosh. And Amy Winehouse sounds red and pink. 
that's cute. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like the <laughs> thing I'm trying is, to wrap my head around it. I am too. We it's can't, like a lot. We can't I wrap can't, our head like, around it. I can't fully understand why we'll Amy never Winehouse is red to. and pink. Like, yeah. why does it sound that Because even when he says that, that he hears green, his green doesn't necessarily mean our, our green. green. Mm-hmm. But, but that's he's still green. experiencing something on a level that we'll never understand. Like yeah. you right. just said, actually. Yeah. Like, that's wow. Well, the thing is, is he's hoping to allow other people to understand it okay so what he does it's incredible it's called cyborg art it's a new thing it's happening all over the world cyborg art it's a a, it's awesome so usually what he'll do for his art is he'll transform colors into sound like portraits of people that you can hear so he will literally take like say a picture of barack obama and he'll compose it of what yeah. it looks like to him. And then he'll play it for you and he'll say, That's Barack Obama. And wow. you can hear what Barack Obama looks like. That's isn't that crazy? crazy. And That's I really want to, like, to experience your... that. But I'd well, like I have to have a little do something that. for you. <gasps> so yes. Yeah, so he also um will he does the opposite where he creates pictures from the sound of a human voice. Okay. So, for example, he painted a speech by Hitler and one by Martin Luther King and put them next to each other, translating the sound of the speech into color and then asked people to guess which was which. Okay. Can um, we guess which is which? Yes. Yeah. So, I'm so I'll give scared you a, to guess a, wrong. I know, me too. I'll give you a test. Most people get it wrong. Oof. Oh, okay. oh well, well, I actually huh? feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's actually. So, first, give I'll give you this. This is Justin Bieber's song, Baby. Oh God, Interesting. That is what beautiful. Yeah. Those are like all my favorite colors. That's what I Justin don't hate Bieber's it for Justin because that's a song that makes you feel good, baby, and this makes me feel baby, nice. Yeah, baby. Ow. So that's what baby looks like. It's beautiful. Yeah, I sing that song at karaoke wants sometimes. That hanging on her wall. You can that literally is the color scheme them. of my room. I'm now here joking. is a speech by Hitler and a speech by oh gosh, this Martin Luther King. Spell. Okay. Ooh, Hitler. That's my guess too. Yep. Really? Yeah. What geniuses. That was my that first one's thought. And that one's Martin Luther because King. Because this one, for whatever reason, brings me a little more joy. Well, if you look at it, actually, look at how many different colors are in this one. Yeah. Look at how many different, um, you know, Hitler's speeches were very like, ah, ah, it's this ah, and it's ah. this and it's <laughs> like one of the aliens from what Mars Attack. <laughs> He was like the alien from Mars Attacks, like yeah. just very one note. And this totally. is, it's that more, the thing is, is this is technically like more visually appealing because it's all like colors. But this one is so many different colors because Martin Luther King had so many different levels to his speeches. Yeah, he had true. so many different emotions in his speeches. So yeah, that's Martin Luther King and that's a uh, speech by we Hitler. Got it right, Lauren. I'm can so I tell proud. You, can I tell you what Hitler's speech looks like to me yeah it looks like i'm being sucked into a black hole it That's kind it of like. right Ew. i saw evil it How appropriate. Yeah. well i thought the same thing i was like this is so wouldn't... dark and that like the all this kind of blue me. in here just made me feel sad and then i was yeah. like look at this rainbow <laughs> i know you wouldn't necessarily think like evil because it's pinks and purples and That's blues I but see if the blue, you actually though. look at it you're right it does kind of look like you're being like sucked a into a, like a frozen icy hole yeah. Ooh, it, it's scary. I'm so happy I got it right. No. Otherwise, my theory would have been wrong and it would have looked <laughs> stupid. Yeah, then we would have nothing to talk about. <laughs> Podcast over. That was, um, that's so cool. 
Isn't that, that is crazy? So like, also, those are beautiful. And like, I, I want them on my wall. Well, he does all kinds They're of stuff fun. like that. I, I couldn't find I any like examples of his, um, like, where you could like listen to a painting. Mm-hmm. I really want to see those. But they have art shows all the time that are cyborg art. I have a couple cyborg artists here, too. So it's called Cyborgism. It's an art movement that started in Britain in the mid 2000s and it's growing, well, it's growing as fast as something like that can grow. Sure. Like, there's not too many cyborgs. So, like, for example, where is she? She's super awesome. Um, yes. Yeah, so, the, the, the art shows are based on um, the creation and addition of new senses to the body via cybernetic implants and the creation of artwork through those new senses that we don't have. Okay. So, there's another woman. Uh, her name is Moon Rebus. She's 33. She has an implant in her elbow that allows her to feel earthquakes through vibrations, which sounds silly because you can just feel an earthquake. But she can feel every earthquake that happens at any place on Earth. No way. No way. Any of them. Any of them. (laughs) How is that possible? It's been tested. It's a vibration in her elbow. But why can she feel one like... 10,000 miles away. It's, she doesn't feel it in her body. It's just a tiny it's just that elbow in her elbow. <sighs> and she knows that there's a, a an earthquake somewhere in the world. Wow. So she what actually... A weird little power. Yes. <laughs> Very <laughs> like, Do I need that? Definitely not. But. I don't know if it was on purpose. Right. I think that it was supposed to do something else. And then it did that. So it's like... <laughs> Pleasant surprise or total failure? I don't know. (laughs) What have I done? Wow. Um, But what she is, she's a ballet dancer. And she performs based on the movements of the earth. And she did one really interesting art show where she just stood there. And she didn't move unless there was an earthquake. So some people like paid to see her. And she just stood there the whole show. Oh, no. Because <laughs> there was no earthquake. Nothing so, was happening. What? Those poor people yes. that just watched wait, a so woman wait, stand why there. was it put there in the first place? It wasn't for her. It was a cyborg implant that she wanted just to become a cyborg. Really? Oh, she um, wanted she this. She, she wanted it. No. Of detecting every earthquake. No. I think. She didn't I know believe. how great her life was about <laughs> to be. <laughs> yeah. Earthquake. In, I don't think she could tell where it is. I think she could tell the severity of it. Oh, but I can't. I don't think she could be like Illinois, <laughs> right? <laughs> Illinois, one point two. Okay, so this is Ashley by herself. Hello, I wanted to uh, clarify a little bit on Moon Rebus because listening back to the episode, I was like, this sounds really confusing, and I don't really think I explained this very well. <laughs> so I actually went back, researched Moon Rebus a little bit um, more thoroughly. And I want to explain exactly what her um, cyborgism is all about because it's actually super fascinating and I don't think I did her justice. Okay, so Moon has a tiny magnet near the crook of her elbow. It's an implant and it allows her to feel all tremors and earthquakes anywhere on earth in real time. It was implanted purposefully for the purpose of feeling earthquakes and tremors. 
because she's a dancer, because her art centers around movement and flow, she wanted to be able to feel the flow and the movement of the earth and create dance around that. Um, she said, and, and I quote, I want to perceive movement in a deeper way. The planet moves constantly shaking and moving every day. I thought it would be amazing to translate the massive and natural movements of the planet in a different way. So what happens is Moon's subdermal implant receives data from a custom iPhone app that aggregates seismic activity from geological monitors around the world. So it's actually taking uh, information f from all over the world and, and sending it to her arm. And it vibrates kind of like, um, like a phone would vibrate in your pocket. And the stronger the earthquake, the stronger the vibration, which allows her to, you know, small movements, large movements when she's actually performing. During the 7.8 earthquake that devastated parts of Nepal three years ago, strong vibrations pulsating in Rebus's arm woke her up in the middle of the night. She said it felt very weird, like she was there. She said, I feel connected to the people who suffer through an earthquake. This seismic sense has become like her second heartbeat, she says. So that's a little bit more of a clarification to Moon Rebus. I thought that I would add that in. Um, definitely look her up as well as Neil Harbison. They are super awesome. Okay, back to the show. So then there's wow. Manel Munoz, who is... 21 he's from barcelona he developed and installed a barometric sensor in his body the sensors allow him to feel atmospheric pressure changes through bright vibrations in his ears and depending on the changes he feels he can predict weather changes as well as feel what altitude he's in hmm. um, and he's developing a new sensory organ for the atmospheric sense where he'll also have wi-fi connection and a different sensory program. Gotta and get the, that Wi-Fi. Right? Well, the cool thing about that is that um, Neil Harbison, who I yeah. first talked about, the guy who could see color. Yeah. Um, he has since co-founded the Cyborg Foundation, which is an international organization that defends cyborg rights, promotes cyborg art, and supports people who want to become cyborgs he is a trans species rights activist trans species is what he calls people who are part human part robot and someday with the development of artificial intelligence we'll refer to robotic species as well mm. and he's looking forward to the day that someone else gets the same implant that he has the iborg implant um, because he says he will no longer be alone on the super highway to transhumanism. He says we will then be able to explore new languages and ways of communicating that go beyond our traditional senses. We will have skull-to-skull -skull communication. Mm -hmm. So they can communicate in ways that, like, humans wouldn't even think right. to communicate in. You know, they always talk about, like, when aliens come, how will they communicate? Because yeah. it's probably not a language. It's probably, right. you know, they communicate through sounds or through math or through yeah. visuals or, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Like the movie Arrival. Like the movie that Arrival. Movie, that movie Arrival. felt that movie. very real Great to me. You know? It yeah. did feel very real. I was um, like, this doesn't seem far away. Yeah, like, this could happen in a decade. Yeah. Like, it was... That movie was amazing. Ooh, it was so good. Yeah. Gave me all the feels. And I just, I loved that idea of like, what is time? Is it linear? Like 
all this stuff had like kind of already happened to her. She could like see what was going to happen. Totally. It was just all crazy. Ooh, that creeps me out when I think about that too. Yeah. That's a we hard talk one. About what that is a lot. time? Okay. Yeah. What is time? We is it talk even about real? It all the time. Yep. We don't know if it goes in a straight line or if, you know, we're seeing things like if we're running into our like past or our future. All well, the, time. the thing is, too. So uh, our, our next episode, listeners, just so you know, while we're like on this little tangent, our next episode, we're going to be discussing like crazy advancements in technology that have like and how they've changed the world. Mm-hmm. And as I'm researching all these ancient civilizations and you look at like there was a point in history where time was invented right it's an invention that's yeah, all it it's is man-made. time is not real there are not 24 hours in a day right days aren't real like it's Man literally made we things. made it up like we made it up because we needed structure mm-hmm. but it's not real it's not like there are no days of the week there are no months. There are no we years. We also decided daylight savings had to be a thing. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> For the damn farmers. I know. I hate it um, so much. Yeah. So like yeah. just like thinking about that, thinking about the fact that like it's not a real thing. Like we completely it made it up. upset. <laughs> to make our lives easier is like, well, now I want to go to sleep and not wake up. I personally I can't mean. wait to hear the next episode because I have a lot of questions, but I realize it's not appropriate because that's next episode's topic. <laughs> it's the next episode. When we're off the air, ask us the questions, then we'll talk about them next week. Yeah, and we'll be like, sure. question from Rachel. <laughs> from Rachel. Speaking of Rachel, I want to hear all about digital consciousness. consciousness. I love how we like keep talking like nerds. I know. It's kind of but I, you guys. I haven't done that one. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> we're, you it's always us it. two that go into voices and usually our guest just stares at us and we're like, sorry. But like, I just find it interesting that this week we're talking about robots and we keep being like, bleep, bloop, 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 when really, they're so cool. They're so cool. All like, the time. We don't sorry, have to be nerds. We're calling okay. you nerds. Go on. The first thing I want to talk about is like one of the most important things that I researched. And um, there is a company called Nectome. And that name is based off the word connectome. And okay. your connectome is in your brain. And what it is, it's, it's, it's a map of neural connections in your brain. Um, it's thought of as the, the wiring diagram of your brain. More broadly, a connectome would include the mapping of all the neural connections within an organism's nervous system. That's a lot of words. But so, yeah, basically, the connectome is the map of everything that's going on in your brain. Okay. And your brain is obviously such a complex, crazy organ. Oh, yes. And that's just like the map of what's going on. Okay. And this company, Nectome, it's like in the Silicon Valley, it's a super tech thing. They are basically saying they don't have the technology yet. But they're saying that in the future, they're working on it. They're going to be able to scan your brain and upload it to a computer and basically have you alive in the computer. Oh, my God. We do not have, just like a disclaimer, we do not have this technology yet. We're nowhere near being ready to be able to do something like that. But there are so many, like, scientists and neuroscientists that, like, believe that this is highly possible. And, like, we're on our way to getting there. We're not close. People are saying it could be 100 years. It could be a couple hundred years before we can actually do something like this. Oh, interesting. But we're on our way to getting there. Wow. The thing is, is we haven't even, like... We haven't even perfected like voice recognition. Right. So we got yeah. a so to go. We I got mean, a minute. <laughs> if you look where we were a hundred years ago, 
Like yeah. if you think a hundred years in the future, yeah, I think that's possible that we'll I be do there. Too. Oh yeah, years. absolutely. Especially because there's lots of things you can implant in the brain already that do pretty crazy things. I mean, even with just what like, you I were know, talking also about, you were talking about doesn't seem real to me. I didn't want to believe you with the earthquake, right? Yeah. I'm still a little skeptical to be honest. <laughs> but reach us to meet this thing. woman. <laughs> Moon could be you. faking it. <laughs> Like, who's going to question like, her? I just felt an earthquake in Singapore. We'll all be earthquake. like, all right. All right. Like, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So this company, they're doing big things. Like, they've received, like, a lot of money in grants for what they're doing. They're not. It's not like a hoax. It's like, um, sorry, I didn't have my. They're mic actually closed. doing stuff. Yeah. And I want to read to you. And if I were rich, I would give them my money. I'm curious about this. I Here's the thing, they're already taking donations, okay. even though the technology has not does not exist. Well, are they doing other things? Well, or are they only focusing on like brain mapping? They're really focusing on this. I'm gonna read you their mission statement. Okay. So we yes. all oh, get an good. idea of what they're all about. All right, it's a bit of a paragraph. Okay. <clears throat> I'm on their website right now. Our mission is to preserve your brain well enough to keep all of its memories intact. From that great chapter of your favorite book to the feeling of cold winter air, baking an apple pie, or having dinner with your friends and family. If memories can truly be preserved by a sufficiently good brain baking banking technique, we believe that within the century it could become feasible to digitize your preserved brain and use that information to recreate your mind. How close are we to this possibility? Currently, we can preserve the connectomes of animal brains and are working on extending our techniques to human brains in a research context. This is an important first step towards the development of a verified memory preservation protocol as the connectome plays a vital role in memory storage. So here's the thing. They actually got like an $80,000 grant because they were able to successfully preserve the brain of an adult pig. Whoa. That doesn't mean they would scan it to a computer or anything, but they like preserved all of the like neurons and synapses in the brain, wow. preserved it and they froze it and they're Which is storing huge. it. Well, that's the thing is and that so one day that we will have the technology to maybe tap into that little yeah, pig's brain. I feel <laughs> like what's going to happen is that, you know how like some people, you know, how it's rumored like Walt Disney's head's frozen somewhere yeah. and like stuff like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like this is why, like this is why their heads they're are hoping frozen. that these things because will they're happen. They're hoping that like the companies like this will get to the point where they can z- like yeah and then we'll get those memories back into consciousness yeah boy oh boy i know but you think have you seen um this is a great movie have you seen eternal sunshine of a spotless <sighs> mind yes okay i actually have but i was kind of young i don't really remember anything about it the one of the ways that they map his brain is what i always think of when i think of this sort of brain, brain mapping, mapping technology what they do is like they have to they, they hook him up to whatever the brain mapping thing is and he's basically he's trying to um, delete a person from his life. Right. right. He doesn't want to remember her. Right. Mm-hmm. So what he has to do is bring in every single thing in his home that has a memory attached to it with this woman that he dated for years. Kate Winslet, everyone. Yes. <laughs> Clementine. She's beautiful. <laughs> she is. And he, they bring it in. They place it in front of him. And they just say, think about wh- whatever this makes you think about. Just think it in your head. And they're able to map it that way. So I'm wondering if that's like, ah, you know, a lot of like could a lot of today's real. science is literally taken straight out of science fiction novels, yeah. science fiction movies. And I honestly think like that is going to be a way that people map brains. I think it's so by too. letting people think like think of uh, think of every time up. that you've gone to the beach if you can. And right. as you think of every time they can map those 
memories in your brain. Right. Totally. I would need that too because it's really hard for me to just bring up a memory. I definitely have to smell something or see something. And so I think Mm -hmm. that will absolutely be part of it, which is crazy. Go on. I'm so sorry. No, that was such a beautiful (laughs) tangent. And it just made me think like that movie came out in like what, 2004? And it's like basically talking about what I'm talking about right Right. now. Pretty much. They're so ahead of the curve. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. They're they're doing things. This (laughs) neck dome. And Nectum. it's like really interesting. And they, they're they taking deposits already, like I said. And they're taking $10,000 deposits. And apparently, oh, like Jesus. around 25 people have already put down $10,000. Those Jeez. people are probably multimillionaires oh, and yeah. have just money to spend. I have like $10,000 total in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I have way less than that. <laughs> so, like, call me Nectum. Call me. I'll give I'll you disclaimer, disclaimer about this procedure if you, w- once the technology exists, like, you will die when you go through with it you cannot be a living person walking around with I your brain and that. also have an uploaded consciousness to the computer no oh, it's like one or the other i was gonna ask if it was like it split you and like you lived in the computer like a tron situation right. or if or like a matrix yeah. situation or if like i was thinking about the matrix a lot as i was yeah. doing or if like research you're for just this episode. or if you and, become like, like you a vegetable in- i was yeah. imagining like if you're wow. just like okay brain dead this is what they say they say, uh, well, this actually, this article says it was a Newsweek article that I'm um, sourcing right now. The catch, however, is that the product is 100% fatal. Oh, Ooh. oh, Nectome co-founder said this. Um, his name is Robert McIntyre. He um, he says anyone undergoing the procedure would need to be alive to ensure that the brain is not damaged. Although the injection of the preservation chemicals will swiftly result in death, Ooh, so you have to be uh, alive right to go through the procedure, but then you're dead. And then you just got to trust that I they can, know what yeah. they're doing and that you're going to get uploaded to a yeah. computer soon Well, I can after. just see this in the future, especially like the early stages of it. People are going to be going in to have this done before they develop Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. before they develop those like totally. brain degenerative diseases. Yeah. Like if yes. you're diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you might as well try it because Go you're going to you're going to yeah. die and you're going to lose this stuff. Right. So Which like, I, I can to- see that happening. I totally would if it was available. Yeah, take the I, chance. Yeah. But still, like, boy, oh, boy, the future is scary. What you just said, I was thinking about that, too, as I was doing my research, is that, like, what if you had, I don't know, some uh, affliction like um, schizophrenia or borderline personality disorder, and you were rich enough and could go through this procedure and you ended up in this digital world. I mean, the scan of your brain would still carry on that personality with you, right? right? So So would you just have it in a computer? I mean, I can't say for sure, but I would imagine. Like, if you do a perfect scan of your brain Mm -hmm. and you have, like, say, schizophrenia, like, you would have schizophrenia in that digital paradise, you would think. So it wouldn't really be perfect. That's true. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know. Not to say that. Anyone with schizophrenia is like not worthy or anything no, like that. No, of course saying, not. Like, but that how is fascinating. Would that translate into if they think they were freeing like, themselves yeah. of something, and totally. maybe they're not. At it's all. described as like a paradise in this immortality, and you live like forever, San and it's Junipero. so great. But you're still Sandra Napero. Exactly. <laughs> that is the most. I'm gonna bring that up in a sec, but that is like. Out of all the Black Mirror episodes that have um, this kind of brain emulation aspect in them, Sandra Ashley DePero doesn't is have the a soul. Isn't that the one you said you didn't like? I did. It's just that I didn't finish it. Oh. <laughs> I know what happens. I know what happens. But I just like I was. It's, it's fine. My I don't favorite. like. I don't like the American ones. Go on. It's fine. 
It's all fair. This is just me like being a goof, but I just want to show you guys. Goof away. The, so, I, you know, I go on the website for Nectome and it's yeah. like these two MIT grads that like are basically saying, hey, give us a few years and we'll be able to upload your like upload your consciousness to a computer. Like, look at their website. That is the most bland, oh, boring thing I've ever seen. I, our website I like, looks better. Yeah, what the F? It just That's made the me worst. wonder. I was like... I'm putting my brain in your hands, and that's and you the can't even hire like a good And you are using designer? Angel Fire. <laughs> <laughs> can you I get couldn't. a good template or a better designer, please? I have it. it. There's not it. even photos. Hire Alex text. Ogle for your needs. He'll make it better. He's a wow. great actually, designer. Look how young. There's two co- co-founders to the Nectome brand or whatever. I'm actually not surprised that they're that they're young. young. No, they're that's they're what happens be, now yeah. with technology. Like it's the young bucks. It's the young kids who start, you know, wild. the tech startups. On, yeah, they get they get on the internet when they're four, and <laughs> yep. they just like know the ins and outs. They know how to code. Seriously, and there's like twenty four year old CEOs everywhere into a now. Computer. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. but um, scientists have also, um, you know, back in the day, and even like just living your life, it feels like it feels like emotions are in your body. Right. So like if yeah. you have heartache, you feel it in your chest. Yeah. You feel it in your stomach. Like anger. Anger oh, yeah. is usually in the I'm chest like too. Usually That's shaking. True. Yeah. So it it feels like it's a, a body thing. It's not. It's all everything comes yeah. from your brain. Basically right. you are a brain. Like a brain, think of like your brain is like an alien. And your body is just kind of like transporting your it. brain <laughs> yeah. to different places. So, like, that's where emotions come from. That's right. So, if you have an emotional disorder, it's all in your brain. And it would yeah. be transferred, most and likely. it would be transferred. You yeah. would think how they're describing think, the technology. But could you choose what you didn't want to transfer? That, if it was I advanced enough. did not come across anything like that. Well, they but probably don't know yet. Uh, like, yeah, 200 years from now, if this technology exists, you I mean, we can do, like, designer DNA today, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, in 200 years. I want my years, baby to can, have blue eyes. Totally. You know, can we scan our brains, say, but take out these weird quirks? Because I don't want to deal with those yeah. in the digital yeah, afterlife. I truly want to be in paradise, <laughs> so take this out. Yeah, yeah take you, out that I time mean, I tripped possible. on stage in seventh grade. <laughs> I don't want that coming to paradise. I want all with my me. embarrassing moments taken away cuz yeah, when you think of, when you think of your embarrassing moments it still like triggers the oh, like oh, like my face still turns red. I was accepting red. an attendance award in 7th grade. Oh, I had yeah. perfect attendance. Yeah. And I tripped on the very last step getting on the stage and I fell right on my knees and everyone laughed and I don't want that to go to paradise with me. That's I had a whole school really laughing brutal. at me story too. Brutal. I think I told you this. I was going up to accept what I thought was the Christian Conduct Award because I went to a Catholic school yeah. for years and every year they picked a boy and a girl from each grade to get the Christian Condu- Conduct Award which basically meant you were the nicest. Yeah, like every like you were good and generous and great to everyone. And I was in fourth grade and I could have sworn they said my name. <laughs> I think I was like wishing it would happen. So I heard what I wanted to hear. And I walked up with the boy and the girl who were called only to be sent back to my seat because no one called my name. And the whole school erupted into laughter at good old St. Thomas in Peoria. What grade was this? Fourth. So it's definitely old enough where like I remember it. Like I was old enough to like know what was going on. to need a therapist now. Seriously. That's probably why I have anxiety. Let's be real. Anyway. 
I'm sorry. So many tangents when we're talking about digitizing your brain. I did not take the Christian Conduct I... Award with me to paradise. <laughs> what are you leaving when you go yeah, to paradise? Rachel, you got anything? Y- well, I was going to say something, and Lauren told her story, which was so embarrassing that I don't even, mine doesn't even compare <laughs> no, I, slightly. Okay, well, shut up. No, I actually get embarrassed really easily, and it's a problem I still have in my adult life, unfortunately. But um, So you could really use this. <laughs> yeah. I could, but I'm trying to think of something that was like dramatically embarrassing when I was a kid, and I can't really think of anything. One thing that's coming to mind, which just wasn't even my fault, okay? <laughs> but like when I, was, when I was in high school, I was like... I lived in um, Geneva, Switzerland when I was in junior high and high school because my, dad, has been my dad's job me? transferred us there. Her family anyway, lived in Hong Kong too. My it's fine. International Wait a school. minute, huh? Did you have a mansion? <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, really that my didn't. sister lived in yes. the haunted house. Yes, in Peoria. Oh, it We've was talked not about a, your house. It was, not a, it was it a big was, house. It's a huge house. It's a huge house. She's being very yep, modest. Any house that's big is a mansion. Go on. Well, it, no, it was a nice house for sure. And like it was in Peoria, Illinois. So like not that many people are dying to live there. But my dad also like has a really good job. So <laughs> Yeah, that's where Julia lived. Um, I know yes, what you're okay. relating it to. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, but no, I did not live in a mansion in Geneva, Switzerland. You went there, Lauren. It oh, wasn't yeah. a mansion That was by a very standard house. It was house. more like a pink, It was so cute though. Thing. I don't yeah. know what it was. Oh, but the story is really bad. But anyway, I was um, <laughs> I was in high school in Switzerland. My international school like was trying to be more American for some reason, and like developed this cheerleader squad. And I wanted to be on it because I was super into like sports and gymnastics and stuff. Yeah. And we were doing some like half-assed like halftime show during a basketball <laughs> game, and I did a round off back handspring, which I had just learned that I just taught myself. And I decided to go for a second one. No. Oh no. And Meanwhile, the referee <laughs> of the basketball game is shooting hoops for some reason. <laughs> and his basketball, literally as I'm midair backwards, <laughs> bounces off the rim, hits my torso. I just kind of like flop to your the torso? I hit some part of my body. I don't know. And... Like a lot of my <laughs> friends and peers were there, and I just Did like people laugh. Fell. I think people gasped more than they laughed, no, which that I'd can be even more laugh. embarrassing. I, fell, yeah. I think I fell on my head. Ooh. Oh, oh no. no! And then I just kind of like ran off the court, <laughs> <laughs> and I never spoke again yeah. until yeah, I came I back to the stage, humiliated. But looking back, it like really wasn't my fault. What was that referee <laughs> doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was laughing so hard before you even got to the point. I was just laughing because you're like, and the rest just shooting hoops. Like, why is he doing that? Rude. Clearly not Uh, watching like the effort that we put into this cheerleading beautiful show. I don't know. Oh man. But anyway, back to yeah. Let's get (laughs) back to the topic at hand. I wanted to tell you guys. um, I just wanted to. So, um, Nectome, I told you that they, like, preserve this pig brain. Yeah. And yeah. I just wanted to tell you guys the process of how they did that. Oh, gosh. Oh, yes. The acronym is ASC. And the non-acronym is a lot harder to say, so I'm going to try to say this. I think it's Aldehyde Stabilized Cryptopreservation. Yeah. That sounds right. ASC. I've heard of it's it. It's a two-step process. Uh-huh. All right. I so this is up. what they did to the pig brain. <laughs> it's my process. Um, the first thing that happens is, is that a chemical called glutaraldehyde mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. Um, is used to rapidly transform the brain from its normal watery texture to something like a softish rubber. Ooh. So it like changes oh, the consistency of your brain. Ugh. 
And then it says this freezes the neuronal pathways in place before they can start degrading. And it gives you a brain that's stored as intactly um, as science can currently imagine it for up to a year or two without losing information. So this changes the consistency of your brain, but like keeps that connectome, like the map of all your neurons intact. Right. So that's step number one. Amazing. Right. Like who came up with that? Right. I mean, they had to do like a lot of tests on a lot of brains and it just makes you think like. Poor I piggies before poor that, you know? Poor I mean, little piggies. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And then step That's two is called, I can't pronounce this word, but it's called. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> we never know. Vitrifixation. Mm-hmm. That was pretty close. So this is step two, and it freezes the fixed brain for long-term storage. So it uses this um, chemical that it's basically the same thing you put in your car as antifreeze. Oh, jeez. And oh. it. Um, That's intense. The brain is then protected from uh, damaging and um, protects it from like forming ice crystals. And then you put the braid into extreme cold temperatures at like negative 188 degrees Fahrenheit, where you can preserve it basically indefinitely. So you change the consistency and then you freeze it. And then that keeps the brain how it is. The brain how it is. And then once you take it out, it's sort of like eat or freeze by X amount of days. (laughs) So once you take it out, you have a year until the neurons deteriorate. Right. Right? That's what they're saying. I'm sure. Boy, oh boy. I wonder if... That works. I know like no one has the answer to this yet, but I wonder how, if it's a painful process or if it's one of those things where it's like, we put you to sleep and then we're able to do this and you die. Or if you it's like, peacefully. oh no, you have to be like completely awake, or we can't map this. And then you oh my might God, like so feel true. everything at uh, first. Yeah, 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 please no. Maybe I really they hope like they put, put you, you to under sleep. so that you're like alive but right. not awake. But I would awake. think they they'd need be able to, to take do the that. like living brain, the pulsing brain, and then turn it into that rubber. Right. Ew. Ooh. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and also, we have to remember that. When this is possible in a hundred or two hundred years, the process could be completely different. Sure. Totally, this is just they what it is. Just this is like, like preliminary. Take a photo of your brain and be like, "Got it, got it." Whenever <laughs> you die, forever, this isn't gonna hurt a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then my next thing that I want to talk about. So basically, this is where we're at right now. We're uh, freezing is, pig brains. Yeah. Right. That is but a crazy we're start. Working our way towards preserving the brain, scanning the connectome, um, and then being able to upload it. By the way, as I was reading about the connectome, I literally thought it was the connectomy. And it wasn't until I watched a video that I go, oh my God, thank God I watched this so video or I would have connected me. Which makes sense. It does kind of yeah. make sense. Connect to me. Because it's connected to you. That's not how you say it. So it's connect him. Uh Anyway. That's awesome. uh, I've done that so many times. Or I'll be like reading my notes to Joe and he'll be like, hey, just FYI, it's pronounced this. And I'm like, cool. Good to know that Good I didn't go on the show. Yeah. Also, I know. I would have been like, so the connect to me is really important because. <laughs> and I would have been nodding right along no, with you. I have like, no wow, idea. Wow, so cool. Like providing facts. And, and then our biggest fan, been- Elon Musk, would be like, that's not how you say it. <laughs> You're incorrect. Oh, You're incorrect. Did you guys know that his mom is like a model? Huh. Her name is May Musk and she's like in a CoverGirl commercial on TV. May Musk. Wow. I think that you've seen this commercial but didn't know it was her. Wow. It's like a popular commercial. Yeah, it's like on TV all the time. And it's huh. like it's like a CoverGirl or Maybelline commercial and she's like they say at a certain age you stop caring. I wonder what age that is. Cuz she's I like, like 80. Cuz she's like 80. Yeah. But she's beautiful. Oh, good That's for her. That's Elon Musk's mother. Wow. <laughs> anyway. 
That is great news. Oh, yeah. The thing I wanted to bring up next was just like, the thing about digitizing consciousness. Like, it could be real. I think we all agree that like, yeah, that could exist oh, one day. Look at how yeah. far we've come. Sure. Um, In like the past 100 years. But like, okay. I'm not a religious person by any means. I'm not. Like, I was baptized when I was a kid, but now it's not really part of my life. But you're baptized, so you're fine. Right. I'm definitely going to heaven. You're definitely going to heaven. So, like, don't even worry, girl. Don't even worry. It just makes you wonder, like, is there a part of you as a human being that, like, do you guys think, like, a soul is a thing? Like, do you think you can upload your brain by taking a scan, like, a scan of your brain pathways, and then that'll be you in a computer? Or do you think there's something inside of your human body that makes you really who you are? You know what it's I mean? It's not just like a collection of your just, memories. Yeah, and a collection of your and, memories and a collection of what the choices that you might make in certain situations. No, that's actually like that's that's a huge reason why religious groups are so anti artificial intelligence and especially like digitizing consciousness yeah. because to them that disproves God. Mm-hmm. which it doesn't really it doesn't at all it doesn't disprove god at all it's yeah. it's not proof of god but it also doesn't disprove god we actually kind of just had the, okay so have we you seen did. the movie signs yes of course wonderful movie <laughs> so we were just talking about it right right before and we you were got talking here. about how some people have a problem with the movie they have a problem with the whole like swing away meryl and the glasses of water but the entire movie right is about this man who is who has lost his faith and fate is what ends up bringing him back to god because most people in that circumstance in that situation the existence of aliens disproves god it would make them leave their faith in his case, the existence of aliens and this whole experience is what brings him back to his faith in God. That's how I feel like situations like this, where it's like, is our, first of all, are we living in a simulation? Mm-hmm. Or are we, can we upload our brain to our computer? Yeah. Are aliens real? None of that disproves God unless you are in such a staunch, like, Unless you are unbudgeable mm-hmm. in your religion where you're like, no, God's in heaven and heaven's in the clouds and God <laughs> looks like a shepherd and Jesus is white. You know what right. I mean? Like that's the only you way that, that it can disprove your belief in your God. You just have to be open to because I'm not religious either. I don't believe in God. I do believe in a soul. Mm hmm. But I don't necessarily believe in like judgment and God. I do believe that like there is an existence like heaven and hell, depending on your existence in this plane. Mm-hmm. So if you exist in this plane and like say you kill yourself, yeah, when you transition into whatever the next step is, depending on where you were. It could be like heaven or hell, depending on where your consciousness or your soul was when you left. Sure. Same with digitizing your consciousness. If you are troubled, if you have schizophrenia, if you have emotional issues and you're digitally put into a computer, you're still going to have it. It's not going to be paradise. It's going to be hell. Yeah. 
So, I think so too. I don't think it disproves God. Granted, I don't believe in God, but I'm saying like <laughs> if you are a religious person who believes in God, I don't think it disproves it. Well, and I say this on the podcast all the time. Like I feel like it's good that Ashley and I have this balance that we do because I'm not religious by any means because I think that encompasses a lot, but I do believe in God and all of the things we talk about on this podcast in my brain are still completely possible and I think God is completely possible too. Yeah. I think the fact that we can come up with this technology and transfer our consciousness it's pretty maybe godlike. it's pretty godlike saying like look at the talents that you gave us. If God is real, which I do believe that we get these talents and we get these abilities because of God. So I'm like, why does science and why do these other creatures and other worlds have to disprove God? Why can't God still have created the earth and the galaxies and all of this? And we're all just existing because of God. And we're really smart. And we create technology <laughs> and these things can happen. It's Bible thumpers who are like, nope, the Bible says right. what episode was it where I was like, in the Bible, we didn't know North America existed. Right. So according like, to the Bible, <laughs> there's no North America. Yeah. <laughs> not everything that's not in the Bible doesn't. Anyways, right. we're getting off track. But yes, you make a very that's how point, I in my opinion. see it. I don't think it disproves God. And I think the other question you asked was, is there more to the soul than the brain? But I don't know. I feel like if you're every part of your brain got transferred, kind of to Ashley's point earlier that we are just like bodies that carry our brain. I do think your soul would be a part of that. Interesting. Part of your brain. Yeah. yeah. If the brain got transferred, I would think that means the soul. Yeah. Because well. if you think about it, you're, you literally are like, first of all, has anyone ever like looked at a brain? Yeah. Because it's gross as hell. It's like, gross. Like barely. Brain, <laughs> like barely. Like once. It's weird and slimy. But and like strange. The, the brain with right. like with the like nervous system yeah. coming Attached down. To it. Like it's disgusting. It looks it like looks, an alien. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it looks very like alien. It looks like an alien. Sure. We're basically a casing for a brain. That's <laughs> all we are. Yeah. It is weird. Like if you cut off my finger, like I'm fine. But if you cut off my brain, <laughs> I can't <laughs> survive. Yeah. I would be done. fine. I would freak <laughs> the flip out i would be losing it but like right. i'd be fine wait exactly. this whole conversation once it makes me want to bring up a quote that i found because you know i started off with like talking about like this company called nectome and like oh uploading a brain that would Nectomy. be so crazy but then i kind of like went on this like internet Existent research tangent about like consciousness like and souls yeah. and stuff and it was really interesting and einstein the genius said ah, yes. energy cannot be created or destroyed it can only be changed from one form to another and yes. I found that really interesting. So it's like, and then there was another dude. His name is Dr. David Hamilton. To be honest, I don't really know who he is or where he came from. But he says that mainstream science says that consciousness must be a side effect of brain chemistry. But I believe that the brain merely affects consciousness. So basically oh. what I'm getting from these two quotes is that like oh. your consciousness is like in the world before you're born. And then it just kind of like gets sucked into you when you're born. That is like, fascinating. Like what do you think actually, about that? Yeah. And then when huh. you die, your consciousness is still just kind of floating around. And that's why maybe you take a different spirits form. might exist or inca yeah. incarnation might exist because your consciousness never dies. It just goes from one body to another. That's very oh, true. That's interesting. Yeah. That I kind of love that. True, actually. I like the idea of that too, because for me, um, I don't think about death like all the time, but when <laughs> I think, like when I day. think about <laughs> what happens and if, if the reality is you die, 
and like your consciousness lives on but it's just like total darkness because your body is gone that's like the most horrifying nightmare i can ever think right? of the most depressing. so to think of something where like your consciousness gets transformed into something else that's nice yeah right? yeah um, it's a good thing to look forward or to. but or maybe it's what you guys were just saying your consciousness and your soul is literally in your brain so yeah, if you die and your body starts stops working and your brain stops working like everything's all lights are out right yeah you know, I don't know. Have you? Interesting. Do you know what? Uh, do you know twenty one grams? So twenty one grams is a theory. It was actually an experiment, and I think it was like nineteen oh seven or something. This guy, this physician, tested six. I think it was six different um, people. He weighed their bodies and measured their bodies at the moment of death, like right before death and right after death. And what he found was they lost grams huh? directly at the moment of death. So some of them were as small as um, 5.6 grams. And some of them were as large as 21 grams, 21.3 grams or something like that. 21.5 grams. Um, it's called the 21 grams experiment. It was never repeated since then. So... The validity of it is, you know, questionable, but the theory is that when you die, your body loses a certain amount of mass and no one knows exactly where that mass comes from. So something leaves you. Something leaves. <gasps> See, and your and brain is density. still intact. Yeah. So that makes me think there's it's something a density. else. It's grams. It's not pounds. It's grams. When the human body dies at the moment of death, you lose 21 grams. So what is that 21 grams? Dude, I've never heard that before. Mm. And I didn't come across that in my research at all. That's yeah. so Ooh, interesting. Is, is that your consciousness? Is that your soul? But then we have mm. to think about, this is going crazy. I then we it, have though. to think about <laughs> if there's it. artificial <laughs> intelligence, right? If you give a machine a conscious... Did that consciousness exist before that machine was created? Uh, Ooh. Uh, now oh, I'm just geez. like going to a weird oh, no. place. Golly gosh. It's so hard to wrap our little brains around. Because then that could disprove us all. Right. Or is the robot, is artificial intelligence, artificial consciousness ever possible? Or are we just going to be able to create robots that are good enough to trick us into thinking that they have a conscience. They'll just always simulate, but they'll never actually have the actual have. intelligence. Right. I have to take a nap and then we'll get back to <laughs> I'm exhausted. I have to go take a depression nap real yeah. quick. Jeez God. Louise. And then once I wake up, we can go back to talking about this uh, oh insane Holy stuff. buckets. My God. Those are really good questions, and They're I have no so answers good. for any I know, of them. they don't have answers. They're all <laughs> they like, don't, I and don't. it's totally whatever will. the person you're asking wants to say. But, yeah. man, it's so interesting to think about. That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Join us next week when Lauren and I are joined once again by Rachel as we finish up this conversation on artificial intelligence. And Lauren tells us where we are at and where we are headed with AI and the different applications it's being applied to in the real world. Can I say applications and being applied in the same sentence? It doesn't matter. Thank you so much to our patrons of the show. You guys rule. 
A little treat for you this week. We're going to be posting about 10 minutes extra from this episode as we have a Black Mirror discussion. So if you haven't seen Black Mirror or you're not caught up uh, and don't want spoilers, I would say skip it until you have watched all of the episodes. We talk about several um, in our little snippet so we'll put that on our patreon page and after next week's episode i will be sitting down with joe handsome joe to see what he has to say about cyborgs androids downloading consciousness and artificial intelligence and it should be super fun and that will also be available for ten dollars and up patrons at www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Keep It Weirdcast and our Facebook page, Keep It Weird. And if you haven't already, please head over to iTunes and rate us five stars. I'm going to leave you today with a quote from Alan Perlis, a Jewish computer scientist and the first recipient of the Turing Award who passed away in 1990. He said, A year spent in artificial intelligence is enough to make one believe in God. So as usual, keep it weird, and we will see you next week. Way too funny. You also recorded me singing in the bathroom one time and left your bathroom song. Yep. But I think that was like a tag. Live when it's cold outside. (laughs) (laughs) I was singing that at the top of my lungs, and we left that in. Which is very That's special. your bathroom song. That's the bathroom song. Totally. <laughs> oh, man.